This is Aging by the Bay, here to provide families in the San Francisco Bay Area pertinent information about healthy aging practices and services. Your host, Tom DeZeo of Comfort Care Home Care. Good morning, Aging by the Bay listeners. I have the opportunity this morning to revisit with Alan West, attorney at law from the Alameda County area. Alan's practice resides in Castro Valley, California, very close to me. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Alan, can you give us a brief description of, you know, um, where your practice is today and and how you evolved, uh, you know, to to the current practice? I My practice now consists of, I do estates, uh, and that means I do, uh, I write living trusts, I write wills, I write powers of attorney, I administer trusts, I uh, do probates, I do conservatorships, guardianships, and uh, and then there are some related things that involve uh, transfers of real estate. Uh, I'm not a real estate broker, however, uh, when we do trusts and probates, real estate all uh, generally comes into the uh, equation. Um, I got I've been been in practice 39 years now, and I uh, my original uh, reason for going to law school. Uh, I was a probation officer in Alameda County, uh, and I wanted to get out of the criminal field and and do something that was more enjoyable to me and where I thought I could assist folks better. And that went, I went into family law, did divorces for a while and got very tired of that <laughs> and uh, went back, uh, took some courses and, and learned how to do what I'm doing now. And of course, experience is the best teacher. And I've been doing this, uh, primarily this practice of law for about 30 years. Got it. Okay, so folks, uh, in order to contact Alan West, if you need an attorney that covers uh, those issues, he's at www.allenwestlaw.com, and the phone number there is 510-889-6692. So, Alan, where I'd like to take this discussion today is, you know, to the elder care front. And lately, what I'm hearing from a lot of folks, you know, especially with COVID and some of the other, you know, diseases that are afflicting our seniors, what I hear is a lot of issues surrounding, hey, my relative is in the hospital. Um, We don't know whether they have a will or not. They haven't been communicating. Uh, They have slight dementia, and we really don't know what they have, and we're worried about this issue. I'm hearing a lot of of that. So first question is here, um, can you tell us if a person's in that stage and you know, you don't know how to find, how do you find out what they have, what they don't have? Well, that's sometimes extraordinarily difficult if they can uh, communicate by telephone or email, uh, or if you're allowed to visit through an enclosed area. Uh, The best way to do it is just ask and uh, see, you know, mom, dad, do you have have you taken care of your estate planning? Do you have a will or a trust? And if so, uh, uh, where is it? Or would you like to see a lawyer to uh, help you draft something? Um, this, uh, there's generally, there's a person called an ombudsman that are in different uh, care homes. 
and you can ask a care home if they have such a person. That person is generally licensed by the state of California, and they're there to assist the elderly uh, in getting things done, in getting things notarized and signed, and inquiring about uh, things such as an estate plan. And if you call the uh, the care home, they'll generally give you that name and telephone number. Now, if they're at home, then communication should be a lot easier. Uh, the uh, It's always best to contact an attorney who specializes in this field to uh, uh, let you know what would happen if somebody dies uh, with a will, without a will, uh, with a trust, uh, or with no estate planning whatsoever. Um, I, I think... Uh, it's such a difficult thing to do, especially if somebody's in the throes of dementia. Uh, if it's very serious dementia and people no longer have capacity to act on their own, then possibility of a conservatorship is necessary. Uh, unless they have uh, given uh, someone the power of attorney uh, to act on their behalf for financial and for uh, medical reasons. So it's just a, a matter of digging as deep as you can at calling as many people as you can and uh, consulting with an attorney. Okay, got it. So I'd like to touch a little bit on that conservative ship that you uh, alluded to. But before we even get into that, you know, in today's society, everything's locked down and almost impossible. If you need portals, you need passwords, you need usernames. I mean, it, it's literally a, a huge time sink. And when you're dealing with a, a parent who's in their elder years and you can't get that information, how do you even proceed with trying to find out whether they have something? Obviously, you're going to go through their paperwork, right. but, but if you can't do that, what do you do? Where do you go? Is there is there a place that you can go to find out, you know, what the history is or, you know? Well, there can be, you can do an asset search. Okay. Uh, yeah, but all this costs money, of course. Right. You have to pay someone to do it. And there are companies that, that do that. Again, before doing that, I would consult with an attorney. Maybe the attorney can make a recommendation of who to use because there's a lot of nefarious folks out there, too. Right. Uh, that will not only tell you what assets are, but try to get their hands on it. So you have to be very, very careful. Uh, but again, consulting with an attorney is, is uh, of utmost importance. Got it. Okay, so you, you alluded to conservatorship. Can you explain to me when that is applied and what it is? When a medical doctor uh, has uh, just, you know, determine that the his his or her patient uh, is incompetent to handle their financial affairs or to make medical decisions, uh, or if the uh, conservatee, the person who needs to be conserved, uh, is unable to take care of their their daily needs, hygiene, uh, food, clothing. Uh, uh, that's when. Uh, we we have a, you know a doctor saying that that's what's going on. Uh, we can file a petition with the court for conservatorship. Uh, sometimes we can get emergency conservators done within uh, several weeks. Uh, but then of course there's a full conservatorship hearing uh, later on. Um, conservatorships are not easy. They're very difficult. They're very expensive. 
and and they take they can take a, a, a you know quite a bit of time and sometimes families disagree as to who the conservator that's a person who the court orders to take care of the uh, person who lacks capacity that person's called the conservatee and sometimes family fight about who that conservator should be right right that's it in a nutshell i mean there's a lot more to it than that uh, but powers of attorney sometimes and the preparation of a living trust sometimes uh, eliminate the need for a conservatorship not always but sometimes so while you still have your capacity it's important to get your estate planning done to get those powers of attorney in place your living trust in place if you need it uh, or at least a will uh, so that you don't run into these problems later right right now in the absence of a power of attorney you know the other issue that i hear is who is deemed next to kin you know how does that play out i mean if there's you know if there's no children involved and um you know is it is it the sister is it how do they determine that well it would be a spouse first right uh and then it would be uh adult children uh, and then it would go to uh, mothers and fathers if they still have a mom and dad who are competent, which is generally not the case. Uh, and then it would go to siblings, brothers and sisters, uh, if there are none, but there are surviving children, you know, nephews and nieces, it would go down the line that way. Got it. And it's in a, a bloodline. Um, sometimes it's very, it gets very time-consuming and expensive to find next of kin. Right. Uh, so it's always useful for folks to write down their, you know, their whole family, their right. family tree, so that it can be traced by someone like me or, or someone else who need to find these people. Yeah, that's a good suggestion, Alan. I don't think most people are doing that really, you know, writing down that family tree. Uh, they take their paperwork and they place it someplace in their home, and it, it could be a will, it could be something they develop themselves, or it could be as, you know, sophisticated as a trust and that kind of thing. Right. But uh, certainly a challenge. So let's talk a little bit about in the event that there is nothing in place, okay, what what happens then when, you know, the, the senior passes on? What, what occurs? Well, it depends on what their assets are. If they have assets, for instance, if they own a home or bank accounts uh, and, and the home is in, in the decedent's name or the accounts are in the decedent's name uh, and the value and I'm going to use a very general sum here, but generally the value is over 150000 meaning that if you have real property in the Bay Area, it's going to be over that, uh, that those assets have to go through probate. And it, instead of an executor, we have an administrator appointed who has basically the same duties. Uh, but it's generally more expensive because bonds are normally required. Whereas when we have a will, uh, uh, generally bond is waived, which saves the estate money. But in a probate, the court takes jurisdiction over the assets. And after a pretty lengthy, uh, pro lengthy and expensive process, the estate is distributed to the closest relatives uh, to the decedent. Again, that would be 
the same thing I gave you before, the spouse, uh, children, siblings, and they share in different percentages. And we do, uh, that's called an intestate uh, succession, uh, intestate meaning without a will. Right. But uh, in estates under 150,000, let's say somebody dies and the only asset is a bank account or two, and their values are in the value total values under 150,000. A pro, full probate isn't necessary. There can be uh, small estate affidavits done uh, uh, where the institution will turn over uh, the asset to the uh, survivors, you know, with proof, of course. But in in larger estates, the probate's going to be necessary, and the fees can be astronomical. Both the um, administrator or executor and the attorney each receive uh, uh, a percentage of the estate uh, in a simple estate worth, uh, uh, let's say, 500000 which is a, a pretty low value for real property in the Bay Area now, uh, $11,000 each plus cost of another four or 5000 That's a lot of money, and sure. it sometimes forces people to sell property that they don't want to sell uh, in order to pay the fees that are court-ordered. Now, who, who appoints the executor in a non-will situation? The judge. The judge. Yeah, a petition, a petition is filed, right. and the petition came uh, for probate, and it contains a vast amount of information. And then there's a hearing, and notice has to be given to uh, bloodlines, not uh, not all the way down to nephews and nieces usually, but sometimes. And uh, at that hearing, the judge decides if this person has uh, uh, standing to bring the petition, in other words, if they, if they qualify, and then we'll uh, make a court order appointing that person the administrator or executor of the estate. So, Alan, you know, given the downside of this, obviously, as you alluded to earlier, it makes the most sense to have something in place. Oh, absolutely. And what I would like to use is the level, the asset level that you basically stated, which is 150K. So if you were under 150K, where, where what would you suggest? Is it just a will? Is it a trust? Uh, you know, where do you go? Under one hundred and fifty thousand, I don't think there's the need for a trust. However, there's still a need for a will because I'm sure that most people want to direct their money to particular people and not to everybody. Everybody meaning the whole family. You may have uh, four or five children, uh, and uh, you only wish to leave money to. Uh, several of them for whatever reason. But, you know how families are. It can right. be a, a lot of different reasons. But a will will direct that. Uh, if you just if you do not have a will and it goes by what I mentioned before, intestate succession, it's going to go to the uh, closest living heirs, no matter who they are. Even if there's been a fallout in the family, even if they're involved with uh, drugs or whatever it happens to be. Uh, they're going to get a part of your money, uh, whereas if you had just taken the time to do a will, you could leave it to the people you want to, uh, to have the money that you know that uh, uh, will use it wisely. Now, what about uh, on the intestate side? Is that money or assets divided evenly amongst relatives? Well, yes and no. Uh, if it's a if there's a spouse and children, then it gets divided between them uh, in different percentages given different circumstances. 
if it's uh, just the spouse, no children, it all goes to the spouse. If there's uh, no spouse, no children, it'll go to mom and dad uh, if they're around uh, and uh, siblings and then down the line from there. Does the relatives, can they make a plea as to what their need is, or is it just the judge basically splitting it up? It's controlled by law. Uh-huh. It's, it's uh, cut and dried, sometimes uh, painfully, but that's what, what happens. Also, if, if money is left to someone who's on SSI or SDI, uh, uh, they have to report that, and that make, may, may make them ineligible for their SSI or SDI. So, you know, we correct that through a, a, doc, a document called a special needs trust, which allows them to keep their SSI and SDI, and then they receive their money for their, uh, for their needs over a period of time. Okay, and as far as the trust situation, you know, tell me the big difference between the trust and the will. Well, anything owned by the trust passes outside of probate. In other words, does not have to go through probate. It's administered after the trustor, the person who created the trust, passes away. There's a person uh, named in the trust who is a successor or a trustee, and that person's job is to identify, accumulate value, and distribute the trust assets pursuant to the terms of the trust uh, without court supervision, without having to spend all that money I talked about before. Right. Uh, it's, uh, trust administrations can be done for a fraction of what it costs to go through a probate. Uh, the the only disadvantage I can really come up with uh, from a trust to a, a will, well, there, there could be more, but one is the cost. A simple will is very easy to do and is not expensive. In fact, people can do their own. There's a thing called a statutory will. If you can get a hold of a California statutory will, they can be filled out. Uh, I would warn people, though, I've had cases where people have tried to do it, and they've messed it up very badly, uh, and then when they pass away, it's a, an expensive proposition to clear things up. So it's always better to go to an attorney uh, to even have a will drafted, and it's not that expensive to have that done. Now, a trust, on the other hand, can be expensive. You could spend several thousand dollars, uh, depending on the type of trust, um, uh, to to create a trust. Now, the trust will own any real property that you have. You still have full authority to do whatever you want to do with the property. Uh, but the title to the to that house is owned by the trust. That's why it doesn't go through a probate. Uh, bank accounts can be put in the trust, other investments, stocks and bonds, that sort of thing can all be put into a trust. Uh, certain things are not put into a trust, like tax-deferred assets, uh, IRAs, 401Ks, etc., life insurance, annuities. Those types of things are generally not put into a trust because they're already a trust and they avoid probate. They do not have to go through probate. Folks, we're speaking with Alan West, attorney at law. We're discussing estate planning, trusts, and probate. Alan could be reached at 510-889-6692. 
And I believe, Alan, you have free consultation. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And he's at www.allenwestlaw.com. So, Alan, in closing, what would you say right now is the biggest challenge that you see with um, elders and and these issues here? Well, COVID, uh, because we're locked down, uh, it's... Uh, very difficult to visit, almost impossible to visit people who are in uh, any type of assisted living facility or retirement facility. Uh, uh, so a lot of things are done over the telephone and by uh, by email, which is n- just not as good as sitting down with someone uh, eye to eye. Um, the uh, other problem is the the issue of Prop 19, which I, we don't have time to get into today, but uh, that's something that's going to affect a lot of people, uh, actually the children of the uh, of their parents when their parents pass away and the transfer of the house to them and property taxes. Uh, there's just so many issues, and it's so difficult with COVID to... Um, uh, to work these days, that uh, we're having to be very, very careful in in what we do, and some people are just uh, they haven't done their estate planning, and then they end up in the hospital and uh, they can't be visited uh, and they, they get isolated. Um, that's a big deal. So yeah. stay healthy. If you uh, notice in your parents or someone who uh, is, you know, you you're fearful of them. Uh, uh, getting ill, uh, you should start work on this right away. Absolutely. Alan, I'd like to thank you for your time this morning. Uh, Always a pleasure to interact with you and gain some insight on these important issues facing seniors. Thanks again. This has been Aging by the Bay, addressing issues on aging and services for the elderly community. Join us again next week for Aging by the Bay.